Leonard Lee with Say Yes and Become here, and I am really excited to make an announcement to you that my new book is here just in time for Christmas. It's called God Has a Thing for Names, and it is a Christmas special. You see, 700 years before Jesus entered into the world, God gave him some nicknames. Describing the world Jesus would enter, God said it was a world that was stuck in darkness, and at the entrance of Jesus, the light had come. Those names, Emmanuel, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Father of Eternity, and the Prince of Peace. These names describe the one that God would send and still sends into a dark world. You can get your copy right now. Go to www.leonardlee.com and under resources, you can order your copy of God Has a Thing for Names. It's $6.99 and you can use it in a lot of really fun ways. It's illustrated by local artist in Nashville, Nancy Wofford. God Has a Thing for Names is just the right size to send as a very special Christmas card. It's only 34 pages and makes a beautiful display on your coffee table or your Christmas mantle. People are ordering them to send to their friends, their staff, their family, their employees, their neighbors. We have several churches ordering them just for their guests, guests on Christmas Eve. So if you know someone you want to share the good news of Jesus with this Christmas, Order several copies of God Has a Thing for Names today at www.leonardlee.com. Go to resources. Now, let's get on with our conversation. Leonard Lee here with Say Yes and Become, and today is Christmas we are so excited about Christmas around here. We've just done a series of podcasts on the names of God given to Jesus uh, at that first Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. We talked about the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the father of eternity and the prince of peace. And today we're just going to record a short but special podcast to talk a little bit about Christmas. Uh, every, th every year, Marilee and I will sit and uh, watch a little bit of some Hallmark movies, maybe a lot, I don't know. But we watch them, and it's always interesting to me that in every Hallmark movie, there's that one line. You might know what it is. I mean, of course, there's a Santa figure, there's a dog, there's snow that comes into the town square. There's always the, the failed business person coming back into home, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. But there is that one line that always says, this is what Christmas means. And I chuckled every time I hear it because it's always something that is important, but maybe not in the right spot. Christmas means that family is there for each other. Well, you know what? I wish that were true, but I've been in some places where family wasn't there for each other. And then, of course, there's all kinds of other different kinds of Christmas means love. Christmas is that time of year where everything is special. And and I always think it's funny to to sit, to listen, and hear those things. Uh, I, I don't know how many of you remember this, but I was a pastor for 20-some-odd years. And every year, I preached at least four Christmas messages. And I loved it. And every year, this was my habit. Uh, somewhere in October, I would start saying, God, would you give me something unique to think about this year? at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Just give me something in my mind as I'm spending time with you, as I'm thinking about you, as I'm thinking about the world in which I live, the people I serve, would you give me something unique to think about? And now that I've been uh, leading the 4 Network for the last 13 or so years, 
I don't preach that many Christmas messages, but I still have that same habit. I still have the same habit of asking God this question. Will you give me something unique this year? And that's all I wanted to share with you today was what God had put on my mind this year at Christmas, put on my heart this year at Christmas. And there's actually two thoughts that keep jumping out at me. You see, for the last uh, four months since September 1, me and a bunch of my friends have been reading through the Gospel of John. We've read through it. By the time you hear this, we'll have read through it almost 30 times and just thought about it, prayed about it, studied it, observed it together. We've had an amazing time. And the first thought that just keeps coming to my mind at Christmas this year is what a really, really big deal Jesus is. I mean, yes, he's the reason for the season, but not because he was a baby. Not because he stayed a baby, not because he grew up in Egypt. Not He's the big deal because he's the son of God. It's on his business card. He is the wonderful counselor. He is the prince of peace. He is God with us. He's the one that showed us what it's like, what the face of the father looked like by showing us his face. And I just want to say to you this morning, no matter where you're at, no matter what your family is, whether it is the reason or not the reason, whether you are finding peace and joy, whether you, whatever you're finding, that this morning, Jesus is a big deal. He doesn't need your life to go right for him to be a big deal. But because he's a big deal, you can have a cluttered and crazy life and he can do something about that. He loves you. What an amazing God he is. In the book of Revelation, uh, there is this, this, and people are talking a lot about the book of Revelation right now because of the war in Israel, the war in Ukraine, because of the big nation from the east coming to the west, from the nation coming down, and all the things that we talked about, Gog and Magog, growing up, we had charts and graphs out the wazoo. They'd go all the way across the screen, some of them across the wall. And we were always guessing times and dates. And we had a formula, uh, or somebody created a, a formula and found out that uh, that uh, different people could be the Antichrist just by taking the numeric values of their names. I actually figured out one years ago that made my brother the Antichrist. But we've, we've since forgiven each other, and uh, we're good now. But to see the reality of it is, is, is you have all of that information coming at you at a thousand miles an hour, people saying he's coming on Thursday, he's coming on Friday. No, he's going to come. We're in the tribulation. We're not in the tribulation and all this other information. It goes so, so fast. And what that information does, it distracts us. It distracts us from the recognition that the book of Revelation begins with this. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I was dead and now I live. I was the one, uh, I, I am the, the one whose hair is white and wooly, whose eyes are fire, whose, whose feet are bronze, whose tongue is a, is a sword. I am the everlasting God. And Revelation, the book, begins with the proclamation that Jesus is a really big deal. And I'm just keeping thinking, here's what God's been saying to me about. I keep on thinking, keeping thinking is my, is my Southern way of saying, I keep on thinking that if I could just pause long enough before I enter the day to recognize what a big deal Jesus is, 
What a huge deal Jesus is, how important he is, how majestic he is, that he is the beginning and the end. He's the creator. He's the redeemer. He's the one who speaks and it is. He's the one who was dead and now lives. And Jesus one time when he was on the earth said, I'm going to lay my life down. And then, and I, this is my paraphrase, I'm ad-libbing here. Then just to show you guys how rock and big deal I am, I'm going to take it up again. And there's not one thing you can do about it. What an amazing Jesus. And that's the God who entered time and space. He entered time and space in the form of a baby. And he floated in the amniotic fluid of a teenage Jewish girl in a place so obscure that if he had not come from there, most of us would not have heard of it. And he lived in this place. He lived as an exile until he was about 11 or 12. And then he goes to a place called Nazareth, which was a town of about 200 to 300 people. It was obscure. It was on a rocky ledge. And well, the, the scuttlebutt about Nazareth was, can anything good come from Nazareth? And that Jesus showed up. And he spent his life learning to be a carpenter. Uh, somebody once said that it's possible that Jesus built the synagogue in which he taught in. So in Luke 4, when Jesus goes back to Nazareth as he's launched his ministry and he begins to teach in the synagogue, there is a chance, some historians will say, that Jesus and Joseph had a part in actually building that synagogue or some of the furniture in there. That's who Jesus was as a person. But Jesus, before the world was ever formed, is the Lamb of God who was slain. What an amazing big deal Jesus really is. And that's the thought that God's been just drilling into my heart since early September that Jesus is a really, really big deal. He's And, and while I know that, while I know that, I, and, and I think you listening are going, yeah, of course he is. He's the son of God. He's all that. I just felt like God was saying, I need you to pause. And I need you to slow down enough this fall and winter through the holidays and the Christmas season. And I just need you to pause and acknowledge and recognize and remember that Jesus is a really really big deal. Why does that matter? It matters so much because Jesus loves me. The really, really big deal, Jesus loves me and it's personal. And he demonstrates his love for me according to the Bible by giving his life for me. While in the midst of my brokenness, God enters my life in the midst of my sin, in the midst of my brokenness, in the midst of my confusion, and in the midst of all the weight, all the doubt, all the frustration, all the times that I go one way and he's asking me to go the other, this really, really big deal is a loving God. And he enters my life and he demonstrates that love by dying for me. And I'm just blown away by how big he is and how personal he is. And so this year, I, that's just been in my mind. I, I think that all of us can look around the world and say, there are a lot of issues that we see happening. There's wars. I was in West Africa when the war in Ukraine broke out. 
I've been warned and told because of the war in Israel that there are places I shouldn't go this next year because of the Muslim tensions, the issues that are happening around the world with, with terror. And every time I think about those things, my first thought is because of the thought that God's given me is they just haven't met my Jesus. They just don't know who he is. They just haven't met him. They don't know how big he is. And I just want to encourage your faith this Christmas season. Struggling with something in your family? Do you know how big Jesus is? you know how great he is? Do you know how loving and personal he is? You're struggling with something in your own personal life? Is there an issue of loneliness, sadness, sorrow? Are you grieving this time of year? Are you remembering? Maybe you've lost somebody this time of year. Maybe it's recent. Maybe it's in the past. And Christmas has never felt the same because of it. Do you know what a big deal Jesus is? And do you know that he's not sitting here looking at you going, stop your grieving, because if we remember right, he's Emmanuel. He sits with us in our grief. He sits with us in our grief. What an amazing reality that is. I said there were two thoughts that came to me this year. Here's the second one. Several times Jesus says something to his disciples, something like this. My peace... I give you. It's not like the world's peace. I have spoken these words so that you would have peace. The Prince of Peace is the one who was sent into the world. And when he was in this world, he did exactly what the angels promised. He's, this will be a sign of great news for all people because the Prince of Peace has entered the world. And I'm just, uh, this year, I've been blown away at the fact that there's a peace that passes understanding. There's a uniqueness to the peace that God gives us. There's an anxiety-destroying peace that God gives us. There is a rest-giving peace that God gives us. It's not a reprieve. It's not a ceasefire. We just recently saw a ceasefire to release a hostages in Israel. And I'm thinking to myself, that is so great. But it was so sad when the fighting resumed right after the ceasefire. And so while I rejoiced at the hostages, there was no peace there. It was just a ceasefire. And I thought to myself, how much of the way that we live our lives feels, we label peace, but feels much more like a ceasefire. It feels fragile. It feels brokered by circumstance and maybe even well-meaning people or misguided people. We don't know. But it's not peace. And then Jesus enters and he says to his friends. Now, you understand when he's saying this to his friends, he's not actually, he's not actually saying, hey, listen, from this point on, happy-go-lucky, no strife, no struggle. What he's actually saying to them is in the midst of this world, I'm sending you out. And you're going to be my disciples who make disciples. You're my ambassadors. You're my missionaries. You're my representatives. And that, that message literally transfers to all of us who follow Jesus. I'm sending you out into a world, and you're going to be the people who have received the peace of God. The peace of God. My peace I give to you. It's not like the world gives. And I've just been kind of basking in that thought, asking myself this question, do I know that peace? 
Do I live in that peace? Have I, have I paused long enough in my life to attach myself to the, to the conduit that is that peace, to Jesus? Have I lived and brokered and extended that peace to others? My peace I give to you, it's not like the world's peace. And I am giving it to you. And I think what an amazing gift that is for us. That the Prince of Peace would say, I want to give you peace this year. And what would be what would be really fun is if all of 2024 we sat and we wrestled with these two thoughts. What a really, really, really big deal God is. And he is the Prince of Peace. He's the one who says, I'm going to give you peace in a world that is filled with trouble, filled with strife, filled with conflict, filled... Uh, I read somewhere that there are between 40 and 80 wars at any given time happening on the planet. And God says, I'm going to send the Prince of Peace to you. My peace I give to you. And he gave us his peace. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus as we connect to him. So what do I do with the, my lack of peace? According to the Bible, I come to him and I talk about it. We always, we, the, the Bible says, if you're anxious, you know, let him come to God, cast all your anxiety on him. And, and I think we see it as some formal act of prayer sometimes where we just sit down and go, well, God, I, I feel very anxious and let's assess that. Let's, let's, let's detail it all out. And I think sometimes what God is just simply going, come here. No, 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 come here. No, wait, stop, stop wiggling. Just come here. Just come here. Just come here. And I remember when my kids were little and they would get hurt or injured. And they were running everywhere and they were wiggling and we're trying to assess, is this stitches or is it just a Band-Aid? What is it? What is it? What is it? Our first words were, hey, come here. Come here. Just come here. And this year, maybe 2024, maybe this Christmas day, you would hear God say, I'm a really, really big deal. But also I'm real. I'm personal. So come here. Just come here. Come be with me. Come sit on my lap and lean into me and let me hold you. And as I hold you, my peace I will give you. Not because I've changed everything around you, but because I'm changing you and you're with me. My peace I give you. Those are my two thoughts for Christmas this year. And that's what I wanted to share with you this day. It's a little shorter podcast and we're okay with that because you got gifts to unwrap and you got uh, food to cook and family to hug. And if you've listened to this on Christmas day, you're a better person than me, but thanks for listening anyway, man, we are excited about our next year. And next time I talk to you, it will be 2024. Peace out.